Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Middle of the week. Hump day. Action Sports Jacks, ESPN 690, Austin Lane. Joined by Casey pushing all the right buttons. Brett and Martineau. Got a little work going on right now. I think, Casey, can we expect him in about 30 minutes or so? I believe that's the case. Is the plan. Got a chock full show today. We got Jared Rice calling in at four from uh, the PGA Tour. We got, hopefully, we got a couple of SLS. And by SLS, I mean street league skateboarding. Uh, maybe participants. Maybe executives. I'm not sure who's calling in from them. But we're going to talk about that a little bit this weekend as it takes place in Jacksonville. Are you going to that? Are you going to watch some street league skateboarding? Unconfirmed, but I would not mind it. I'll be honest. I mean, if I have to pay the, 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 the cover, I don't even care. Um, you know, as someone who grew up skateboarding, who still lives vicariously through skateboarders sometimes, um, I, I think it's going to be a pretty cool thing to see in person. So I'm definitely taking the little man to that one, uh, probably make it a family affair. I think that's going on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, definitely something to check out here in the great city of Jacksonville. You know, as far as, you know, the, the breaking news today, I mean, there's a couple standpoints from the NFL. Um, Aaron Rodgers gets fined. Uh, and when I say Aaron Rodgers gets fined, it was more like a slap on the wrist. Casey, are you surprised with what happened here? Because I think I'm going to the numbers right now. How much did he get fined? Now, the, the Packers got fined a good sum. But Aaron Rodgers got fined. $14,650. Yeah. $14,650. This is me slapping myself on the wrist right now. It is. You because, can see that on the stream if you're watching. Oh, yeah, that, if you're watching the stream, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you can see myself slapping myself on the wrist right now. How do, how do you feel about the penalty? You know, there's speculation that other teams right now are frustrated with how things have transpired with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously a guy who, I don't know, you're going to call it a loophole. Um, I don't know if you want to call it a fail-safe, but essentially took the COVID protocol, made it his own thing with the okay of the NFL, gets COVID-19, then receives backlash for going on the Pat McAfee show, and then I feel like to save face, the NFL, who's in charge of the protocol, says, well, what he did was wrong, so let's go ahead and find Aaron Rodgers and especially the Green Bay Packers because he was violating protocol. What are your thoughts about the fine for Aaron Rodgers? Obviously, Green Bay, I think, a little heftier. I want to say it was around the $300,000 range that the Green Bay Packers are fined. But overall, Casey, what are your thoughts? Um, well, when I first saw it, I said, that's a joke. Yeah. And then that got more confirmed when I saw this stat. And I'll ask you, um, if you got fined $33.80 for something, how would you feel? If I got fined $33, I mean... I don't want to flex or anything. You'd be but okay. I, but, but I probably wouldn't think too much of it. Yeah, and me and you are probably not in the same tax bracket, and I think I would be okay with $33.80. But the point of the story is that's what Aaron Rodgers' fine breaks down to in the normal average wage of an American. Of the average income. Unreal. So if you can pay $33.80 if you're listening right now, that's pretty much what they find Aaron Rodgers with, which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. And then obviously the Packers organization takes a bigger hit. But once again, and, and, and I've been very adamant about this, um, and I'm going to keep being adamant about this. This falls on the NFL. 
and, and you can go ahead and find the Green Bay Packers. You can go ahead and <clears throat> try to make an example there in Rodgers by finding him, whatever case you said, $33 to the, to the average income um, household. You can go ahead and do that, but this still falls on you. And this is my big concern about, you know, in terms of, number one, the NFL who says it's all about player safety. Player safety is number one. Well, okay. But you knowingly let a guy who talked to Joe Rogan, and I love Joe Rogan, all right? I don't think Joe Rogan is necessarily a scientist. Now, I don't get political here. Um, I'm not sure if I, I would be going to my doctor's needs to talk about with Joe Rogan, but you let a guy essentially go to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan gives him the, the prescription, let's just say, and you sign off on that. And then since it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, we're talking about primetime game after primetime game. We're talking about a guy who's always in the spotlight who is nonstop breaking the COVID protocols because, well, I saw him do interviews, right? I, I saw him with Pam Oliver standing a couple feet away, not the social distancing like the NFL is trying to preach. I saw Aaron Rodgers, you know, not wear the mask in the press conference like Carson Wentz does. Um, I saw Aaron Rodgers at a Halloween party with, I'm, I mean, there's pictures. There's been a lot of people, so I would say probably hundreds of people at this Halloween party, and I didn't hear anything about it. And we broke those COVID-19 protocol rules down when the NFL released them. And, and we talked about how, wow, you know, this, these protocol rules are put in place for, to sway athletes from getting, you know, to, to, for not getting vaccinated. Like, if you don't get vaccinated, you're put behind the eight ball. Now, you can do with whatever you're, you know, you can do whatever with your body that you want to do. I'm not saying get vaccinated. That's on you. And I'm not even really upset with Aaron Rodgers because, once again, like, he found a way to circumnavigate the rules, apparently. So how can I be at Aaron? How can I be mad at Aaron Rodgers? What I'm mad about is the people that, the authority that is put in charge to govern these rules. And the authority that is supposed to say player safety, player safety. But then I look at this example and say, well, it, it, it seems like Aaron Rodgers got special treatment. It seems like Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, whether, you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, he's a must-see superstar, whatever the case you want to make, but it seems like Aaron Rodgers kind of got off easy. And it sucks to sit here and say, well, what would have happened if this was a guy like Mike White? What would have happened if this is a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo? Would we have in the same conversations right now with a slap on the wrist? Or would the NFL make a scapegoat um, and give him punishment even more? That I'm not sure. But don't be the NFL. Come up with these protocols. Say you're worried about player safety, yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden, you know, you essentially slap Aaron Rodgers on the wrist, and now no one's taking you seriously. And, and, and that's where we're at right now in terms of that story. Once again, not really mad at Aaron Rodgers. Congratulations. You circumnavigated the rules. You're not missing any playing time set aside from your COVID-19, you know, positive test. Hopefully he's back next week or this up and coming week. We'll see. But, hey, NFL, regulate better then. If you see a guy doing interviews next to somebody who's not vaccinated, regulate better. If you see a guy at a party with a lot of people, regulate better. Or else, don't come up with the protocols. And don't expect players to take them wholeheartedly and so seriously. Because I'm not. If Aaron Rodgers gets off them, what, what do I care? So that's all I want to say about that, Casey. Um, 
you know, we'll, we'll see now going forward there in Rodgers, just if he can come back and play this week, um, you know, if he's going to take these protocols, quote-unquote, more seriously, is he going to respect wearing the mask now if he's in a press conference? Is he going to, you know, stand a certain distance away from the reporters? Because he hasn't got vaccinated, right? I mean, he's so... I don't believe he has. He's, he's still going with that Joe Rogan cocktail. And I, I don't I don't have any faith that he will, by the way. Ah, uh, no. no. Why, I mean, why would you? You know, and, and he's obviously, he, he alluded to this. He's put in a, in a horrible position because now, you know, the, the political sides of sports, it's one side wants to champion him and the other side, you know, wants to crucify him, essentially. And, and once again, I'm neither. I just point the fingers at the people that are uh, trying to uphold the protocols, uphold the law, and I think they did a really, really bad job of doing that. Another crazy story going on in the NFL, and I don't know if I was getting trolled, Casey. I thought we were pretty much on the same page in terms of Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. all right? Guy clears waivers. Uh, I think we have some stuff maybe later from Urban Meyer talking about how Beckham Jr. was going to come here. Okay, I, I guess that's fine, but you know how I feel about this, and I've been echoing this since Odell Beckham Jr. was on the market. The most important thing this season is taking care of Trevor Lawrence, okay? It's keeping him upright, number one, yes, but giving him weapons, number two. Odell Beckham Jr. coming to Jacksonville immediately upgrades your room, all right? I, I don't care what the numbers say this year from him. If he comes to this team, he's immediately the best wide receiver. All due respect to Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chanel. So I'm a little disappointed that the Jaguars didn't at least, you know, try to get their beak wet in the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. But then when it comes out, and yesterday we reported a little bit, we saw on Twitter that, you know, it was, was going to be the, the Green Bay Packers, which makes the most sense, right? This is a guy that has paid his dues, you know, played in New York, didn't have the, the most success there, goes to Cleveland, was supposed to have success. They're a run-first team, Baker, Mayfield, whatever, just they weren't clicking, um, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, kind of taking the spotlight away. All right, fine, so you want out. Now, the fact that he didn't get claimed on waivers is still shocking to me, but it goes to show you that maybe a team didn't want to pay that hefty price tag to bring Otto Beckham Jr. on their team. But then when it gets released today, of the teams that he's interested, by the way, I thought it was just the Green Bay Packers, well, there's two more on the list. And one of those teams being the Kansas City Chiefs, which I can theoretically see, because who doesn't want to go to the Chiefs? I guess. Fair. You but know, why would the Chiefs want him? It's my question. I mean, so I can get from Odell Beckham Jr.'s standpoint why he wants to go to the Chiefs because yeah. it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, but you're right because you talk about a case of too many cooks in the kitchen. Tyreek Hill's got to get his targets. Travis Kelsey has to get his targets. Miko Hardman probably has to get his targets. Um, the running game, eh, whatever, you know, I, mean, I think they're a pass-first team. That's kind of been their MO the past couple of years. I get you want to win a Super Bowl, but, like, what would make you want to go to Kansas City right now? Because you see what Kansas City is. And then this isn't the Kansas City Chiefs team of, of two years ago or even last year. For whatever reason, they are not clicking right now. If this is Patrick Mahomes related, if it's more Andy Reid related, whatever the case may be, the Kansas City Chiefs right now are not clicking. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know why. Because they have the weapons. Like, it's one thing of, okay, well, teams figure them out. Teams figure them out. Okay, teams figure them out. That's fine. But how do you figure out man coverage on Travis Kelsey? How do you figure out, you know, if you're playing zone coverage, stopping Tyreek Hill, and then, you know, Travis Kelsey in the middle? Like, and then you have Miko Hardman running these gadget plays. I'm not really sure how you figure all that out. 
because they're so explosive and so dynamic where if you shut something down, then something else should be open. It's almost like you're in a life raft in the middle of the ocean, and, you know, there's holes, and you're just leaking out, and all of a sudden, all right, well, plug this hole. Well, guess what? There's, like, so three other holes you got to plug. You're drowning. You're sinking. That's kind of how I feel the Kansas City Chiefs offense. But for whatever reason this year, it just, it does not look the same. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't look the same. Nevertheless, I can see Odell Beckham Jr. going to Kansas City. Okay, fine, whatever. The other team on this list, and I thought I was getting trolled here. I, I had to check the blue check mark one, just, you know, one extra time just to make sure here. The New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. The playoff contender, Trevor Simeon-led New Orleans Saints. Casey, what am I missing here? Yeah, I, the, my thought when I saw it, and it's on the screen right now that I'm watching on the TV in here, so, I mean, they put, they put the logo up, so it must be real. But, yeah, I think the thought process there would be you're the obvious number one. Yeah. And you're going to get crazy targets, and they do have a chance to make the playoffs with their defense. So my thought would be coming, that team coming from Odell would be, I'm the guy now. I'm the captain now. Mm -hmm. So that's my thought process on that. And they're an outside playoff team. So I think if you go to the Saints, I think that's probably option number three. And that's more of like a, okay, I think we can make the playoffs, but if not, I'm going to get 10 targets a game and I'm going to prove myself and get my money back. Ah, I got you. So you think that it's more of a career move than it actually could be a Super Bowl move? Because keep in mind who's throwing the ball. Unless they make a change with Trevor Simeon, how much confidence do you have right now in Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill? Not not a lot, but I think think if Odell goes to the Saints, and it's weird to say that's like the good guy move. They're not the obvious favorite. They have the quarterback problems. They might make the playoffs. And think about if they do make the playoffs. You can look at it and be like, oh, they would have done that without Odell. No, so if, okay, out of these three teams, the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Saints, if Odell Beckham Jr. chooses to go to the Saints, then I'll take back anything bad ever said about him. Because that is essentially believing in your abilities, believing in your skill set, and saying, hey, I can elevate this team to go to the Super Bowl. Right. Would I do it? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, no. If it's if, if it's me, I'm going to Green Bay. No questions asked. Okay. And I, th- and I think someone's got to, you know. And I think we have to wonder as well that this is kind of like a leverage play um, to see, you know, can you get a couple extra bucks out of Green Bay? Because like, if, if you're the Packers, you know, I mean, I'm not sure how desperate you are for Odell Beckham Jr. He definitely elevates your offense, right? And I mean, you want to talk about a, a roster right now who, you know, their they're backup receivers or their two receivers, talking about Alan Lazard. Uh, we got Valdez Scantling, Randall Cobb, Malik Taylor, and then rookie Armani Rodgers. I mean, they're not knocking anybody's socks off. You got De- Devontae Adams, obviously, which is, is, is a big one. But to me, it's definitely a no-brainer. So I'm not sure if Odell Beckham Jr. is mentioning the Chiefs, the Saints, in some kind of leverage play. But if you want to have maybe career numbers... If you want to possibly win a Super Bowl, then to me, it's got to be the Green Bay Packers. And also, let's take a look at the other side of things. We have no idea right now what the dialogue is like between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Before the season started this year, I think we all assumed, well, this is his last year. And I think he even said it's the last dance, right? It's the last dance a la Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. So you got the sense that this was one more time Aaron Rodgers suiting up with that Green Bay Packer jersey before he goes on to either a new team or he calls it quits. 
Now, throughout this season, you know, I mean, I, I remember game one, there was definitely some trials and tribulations getting absolutely curb stomped by the New Orleans Saints here in Jacksonville. And I think a lot of people thought, well, he's lost it. Right, he's lost this team. He doesn't care. You know, the, the Saints, Jameis Winston, absolutely embarrassed him, etc. But then all of a sudden, they start stringing win after win after win together, and all of a sudden, you find yourself playing in Arizona, and you win a game where Devonte Adams was out, where you know his go-to tight end Robert Tunyon was out later in the game due to an injury, and Aaron Rodgers single-handedly pretty much beat the Arizona Cardinals. So he's still got some left in the tank. I guess my question is, if you bring Odell Beckham Jr. here, does that help right the wrongs maybe that this organization has put Aaron Rodgers through the past, oh, I don't know, decade in terms of their draft picks, in terms of getting Aaron Rodgers weapons? Because for one of the greatest quarterbacks possibly of all time, the fact that you have, and listen, I, I love these guys, they're, they're, they're great players, but the fact you have Alan Lazard and Valdez Scantling as your two receiver and, and a 40-year-old Randall Cobb to give Aaron Rodgers, to me, that's a little disrespectful. And I think if you bring in Odell Beckham Jr. for the Green Bay Packers, that at least shows, hey, yeah, maybe we haven't drafted the best for you. Maybe we haven't had your back all the way. But here's Odell Beckham Jr. Enjoy this dude. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. And what's fascinating, by the way, about 40-year-old Randall Cobb, he's been good. He has. And that's definitely 100% because of Aaron Rodgers. I'm not trying to, you know, say Randall Cobb would be that good if he was on the Jags. But Randall Cobb has been serviceable. I think what it's going to come down to is, yeah, your point is obvious because – uh, Odell would obviously start to help Aaron Rodgers fix what's going on with the Packers. But I think what it really boils down to, and this is going to sound really dumb, but how much do they like Alan Lazard? Because Odell yeah. has to play outside, right? Correct. And Alan Lazard's too big to play inside. Correct. So I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but if you want to try to develop that guy and you think that's your guy, you probably don't sign Odell. I would yeah. do it, but I'm just no. saying. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and who knows? I just, uh, I guess selfishly, I want to see what Odell Beckham Jr. can be with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Right, because we've watched Aaron Rodgers elevate how many wide receivers? Alan we've, Lazard. We, Alan Lazard being one of them. Jaguars practice squad member, goes yep. to Green Bay, and then yeah, obviously he's doing his thing now. Um, you know, Randall Cobb coming from Houston was kind of just a forgotten name, comes to Green Bay by request of Aaron Rodgers, by the way, and kind of has a renaissance or resurgence in his career. So, yeah. I want to see what Odell Beckham Jr. can do with Aaron Rodgers. I want to see what Odell Beckham Jr. can do when teams still got to double-team Devontae Adams. And to me, it's the ultimate litmus test. Because if you're Odell Beckham Jr., you go to New Orleans, you might get double-teamed. You know, all the focus is going to be on you. You go to Green Bay, you fit in a winning franchise, you're not going to be double-teamed. All the focus isn't going to be on you. Let's see what you got. And let's see if you're worthy of the money that you claim that you're worth. Let's see all that. You think Aaron Rodgers is there next year in Green Bay still, or do you think he's gone? Um, if you would ask me this before the season, I'd say gone. Oh, I'd, I'd say for sure gone. Now I'm kind of, especially after all this, because now when you look at this situation from that lens, it's like they're letting him do whatever he wants. Yeah. The organization. Yeah, he's, almost like, yeah. He, he's almost like the GM. It's almost like Michael Jordan in Space Jam, where he kind of manages that, the rock. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got everything. Exactly. I mean, hey, go ahead and give me Randall Cobb. Yes, sir, here's Randall Cobb. Maybe, I mean, and, and here's another thing, too. Maybe he doesn't want Odell Beckham Jr., like you were saying. Maybe he just doesn't feel like it's a fit. But you got to feel like if Aaron Rodgers wants Beckham, Aaron Rodgers will get Odell Beckham Jr.
Absolutely. Because that's where he's at right now in this franchise. And wouldn't that be funny? They finally like, hey, you want a receiver? He's like, nah. Nah. I'm good oh. with this guy. We're okay. All good. If you just keep giving me this defense that's playing pretty well, give me Alan Lazard, Valdez Scantling, and Devontae Adams can stay off the COVID protocol. Yeah, I'm all set. Thanks, though. You got me Randall Cobb, so we're good here. That's a good all point, good. man. Super Bowl or bust, we got Cobb. And that's a good point, man. Oh, uh, man, when we come back in Action Sports Jax, we'll talk some Jaguars. We'll be joined by Brett Martineau. Still feeling good, tableless, if you will. But eventually, Casey, he's, he's got to pay the piper. He will. For, I really think he will. For whom the bell tells. You think he will? I, I guarantee he will. Eventually. He will, yeah. Eventually. Got to pay the piper, man. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. I would say Green Bay, they've desperately been trying to develop a bona fide two opposite of Devontae Adams, which he'll continue to be the, the main target. And then you got Randall Cobb, which is a slot guy. You got Alan Lazar, who can play in or out. I, I, I like Green Bay for him, to be honest with you. He'll fit in that locker room. He'll fit with those players. There won't be any animosity. There won't be issue. I, I like Green. Green Bay's a good one. I think Green Bay is the only one. Was that Keyshawn? Sorry, I wasn't listening wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yep. I think Green Bay is the one. Could be Kansas City. Could be New Orleans. I think we got Chris on the line right now. Wants to talk about why it could be New Orleans. Chris, how are we doing today? Odell Beckham Jr. to the Saints. Is that correct? Um, he could. I heard earlier that he, uh, he went to LSU and he played high school football in New Orleans. So I think that would be a big draw for him going to the Saints. No, this is true, and keep in mind, I mean, he has come out and said many times, whether it's on Twitter or in interviews, that he has a lot of respect for what Sean Payton does and thinks that he calls the best offense in the entire NFL. So there is the hometown connection there. There is the respect for the coach there. I just think, though, if you're a wide receiver, you're still worried about getting money and you're worried about your legacy and winning a Super Bowl, I'm not sure if I'm going to trust Trevor Simeon to shoulder that weight. Uh, the other thing I think about uh, Green Bay, um, I'm from Wisconsin. Uh, 1996 was the season we won a Super Bowl, and halfway through that season, if you remember, uh, we picked up Andre Badmooner-Eisen, and he contributed, <laughs> actually caught a 50-yard touchdown pass in the Super Bowl that year. That, that, that is a fantastic point, Chris. Chris, but by the way, where in Wisconsin are you from? I'm from Nia, but I spent a lot of time in Wapaka. All my cousins live there. Oh, I got you, man. Shout out to Wapaka. Go Comets. That's where I played hockey, by the way, about 15 minutes away from Iola. Not even about eight minutes away from Iola. Chris, thanks yeah, for the call. I, oh, go ahead. You, you, got, you got it, buddy. See you. Yeah, thank you, man. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great point. Um, I just think it makes too much sense from the Green Bay side of things. Yeah, you know, you, you have the home field advantage if you're New Orleans and, you know, you went to school there and if you're from there, okay, fine, that's fantastic. But that's what, dude, that's what the offseason's for, is, is going back home. I remember I always had people ask me, like, how cool would it have been to have played for the Green Bay Packers, a team that you grew up as a fan as a kid and you went to a game and, you know, you grew up cheering for on the TV. And I always say the same thing. It would have been cool to maybe win a Super Bowl, but actually going back home where, you know, during training camp, I'd probably have my friends tailgating in the parking lot, doing keg stands, trying to offer me one, not let me focus. 
sometimes it's good to get out of that hometown setting and kind of get to Jacksonville where you can get, get your mind off things. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. is definitely in the point of his life where, you know, I think distraction stuff shouldn't get to him. You know, he's, he's a seasoned vet. Um, he's seen it all. So I'm not saying Beckham Jr. goes to New Orleans and, you know, he loses focus. That's not the case at all. I'm just saying from my standpoint, when I was getting drafted, I wasn't going out of my way to say, hey, I hope I get drafted by the Green Bay Packers. And the other comparison that I have was as, as a kid who was born in Chicago is when I played for the Bears, like, I was excited to go to Jacksonville. I didn't really know much about Jacksonville. Casey, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was it was kind of a, an unknown to me. Right. Um, you know, you grew up watching Fred Taylor, Mark Brunel. I was there for the very first Jaguars training camp in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Got Mark Brunel's autograph. Got Tony Baselli's autograph. So, like, I, I, I kind of knew the team. And truth be told, you know, back in the in the in the mid nineties, I think it was ninety five, ninety six, Wisconsin kind of adopted Jacksonville as like their second team because they had training camp in Stevens Point, and I was there for my daycare. So like I had, I was familiar with them, but I wasn't a diehard Jaguars fan, obviously. But like, I was excited. I was excited to go to a new city, um, you know, to actually get drafted and go to a team. But I remember when the Bears picked me up, and you know, a lot had to do with Mel Tucker. Uh, former defensive coordinator in Jacksonville, then in Chicago, uh, got the phone call saying, hey, we want you in Chicago, let's go. And, you know, as a kid, you grew up watching, like, those NFL crunch course, like, highlight film and stuff like that, and you always watch that 85 Bears defense, right? So, like, to be, quote-unquote, an outside linebacker in, in, in a Bears defense and to essentially play a linebacker, like, that meant something to me. Now, I was 73, the swaggerless, the most swaggerless number of all linebackers in NFL history. Yeah. Number 73. And granted, if I would have made the team, I, the first priority would not have been to call my family, let them know that I made the team. It would have been to go to the equipment guy and say, hey, let's go and change to 73 real quick. Let's go and get a 90 number or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it, it meant something to me, right? Because that organization, the Chicago Bears, like, it, it's storied, it's historic, and... It just, you know, that Bears defense, it, it demands respect. And anytime you, you you put the C helmet on in that jersey, um, it should mean something. Well, it meant something to me for about, I don't know, the first two weeks. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, I'm so trying to make the team. Okay, I'm not sure really how good we're going to be. Um, we don't really seem to be on the same page as everybody on offense and defense. I'm not sure how this season's going to go. Well, I get let go in training camp, one of the last cuts, come back, you know, towards the end of the season, and it's a dumpster fire. You know, I think they won four or five games that year. And all of a sudden, the whole prestige, the whole, wow, Chicago Bears, it meant nothing to me anymore. So I understand that some guys, they put a lot of stock and a lot of faith into saying, hey, I want to go back and play for my home team or the team that I grew up um, idolizing as a kid. But I'm just saying... In my opinion, I wouldn't let that sway me in my ultimate decision. If winning a Super Bowl is truly your primary objective, which it should be, then go to Green Bay or maybe go to Kansas City. If you want to go back home, uh, that's on you then. Then go to New Orleans. You know what's funny is I didn't even think about it. What's that? The whole New Orleans LSU didn't even no, con- have not considered until he until uh, Chris said it actually. Well, and to me, he's like he's part of the laundry list of of LSU wide receivers that kind of get forgotten about a little bit. Right, because Odo Beckham Jr., like, I guarantee you go on the street, ask 10 people where we went to school, I bet maybe half of them can say LSU. Other half are like, ah, it's a good question. I have no idea. Because I don't really remember him much from college. I remember, to me, what put Odo Beckham Jr. on the map was the catch on Monday Night Football. 
right? It was yeah. the catch. Yeah, uh, for uh, sure. It's crazy how one play can propel you into a whole new echelon. All of a sudden, you start seeing him on commercials. All of a sudden, the hairstyle became a thing. Then all of a sudden, he's getting in fights with, like, kicking nets and all that stuff. That happened after that catch. And it's just literally, it's one play. It's one figment in time. But it, it meant so much to his career. And, and now, you know, he's, regardless of the stats, he's still one of the most popular wide receivers, I feel like, sometimes in this National Football League, even though the stats don't necessarily correlate with the popularity. I think we found Brent Martineau. We have found Brent Martineau. Maybe. Brent, how we doing? Yeah. I'm just hanging out with all the beer in Jacksonville. Oh, I like that, man. Um, I was hanging out with some Wisconsin people. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, the Beer Hall, part of Intuition Aleworks, I didn't even know existed, is um, where I'm at right cool. now. So if you check out the video feeds, you'll be able to see me soon enough. But uh, thanks for uh, getting through the first half hour of the show. I was out doing a story that we're going to run on Thanksgiving for TV. So appreciate that. And... Uh, I do remember Odell Beckham Jr., by the way, in college. But I hear what you're saying. He certainly became more of a star and a household name thanks to the catch and everything else. And, by the way, being a very good player, that helps too. Of so, course. Um, what is the latest? I was, I've been driving and setting up, and uh, did somebody say the Saints could be an option? Yeah, well, um, we had Chris from Nina, Wisconsin, call in and, and kind of you know bring up the fact that he does have ties to New Orleans, You know, went to LSU, um, so that could be the possibility. But at the end of the day, I think it just makes too much sense uh, to go play in Green Bay, assuming that Aaron Rodgers wants Odell Beckham Jr. in Green Bay, which at this point of Aaron Rodgers' career, why wouldn't you, you know? Well, by the way, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you can't complain about not bringing guys in and not drafting guys and then say no to, like, Odell Beckham Jr., can you? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, if your organization wants to do it, I, I mean, I guess you can say no, but, I mean, that's... Hey, uh, th these guys aren't haven't put good stuff around me. Instead, they picked Jordan Love up. But hey, we're gonna go get Aaron Rodgers. Nah, I mean we're gonna go get Odell Beckham Jr. Nah, thanks. That's okay. I don't want him. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, to, to me, all it comes down to is, is, is it's got to be a good fit, right? And for whatever reason, if Rodgers thinks that it could be a distract, I don't, I don't know why he would think this. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm I'm chomping at the bit. But like, you get the sense that at the end of the day, this is Aaron Rodgers' decision over anybody else's on, on that team. Yeah, I think they're giving him that kind of. Uh, you know, I think everybody else is like, hey, let's make sure this is fit. I, I don't, let's not get in a fight about this, but uh, we think this could help. And then Aaron Rodgers probably rubber stamps it. and Or maybe the process starts with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, could be that way. But, yeah, I don't think they're right now this year. The one thing Green Bay doesn't want to do is have any more drama. <laughs> They've got plenty of it going on. Aaron Rodgers has created some of his own all, the entire offseason into the season, and they're still playing good football. So uh, I think uh, – yeah, I think there will be communication. At the very least, there better be communication with Aaron Rodgers on that front. Uh, but I think said the Saints make a lot of sense. I think I brought that up yesterday. Um, the Chiefs are interesting to me because the Chiefs used to be where everybody landed, them or the Bucks, over the last couple of years. I'm not even sure Odell Beckham Jr. right now is, I can't say he's not helping, but is, is that the problem, like the weapons right now for Kansas City? Yeah, it's kind of what we broke down a little bit of where he would fit in that offense. And, you know, I'm not sure there's enough targets to go around with Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman, and, and Tyree Kill. So I just, I'm not yeah. sure if I can really visualize Otto Beckham Jr. being the guy there. Like the, the, the problem for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's not talent at the receiver position. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, I don't know if you've talked about Seattle a little bit too, but Seattle, we talked a bit, I think, last week on the Odell Beckham front. And to me, that makes some sense too. You got Metcalf. Uh, you have Wilson coming back. You have Lockett, who's one of the most underrated guys probably in the NFL. And your defense might be playing a little bit better. Now, we'll see. But it has the last couple of games for them, uh, one win including the Jaguars. But uh, what, you know, what, what Odell Beckham Jr. and, and mix in with Metcalf and, and also uh, Lockett, that's a pretty nice trio of wide receivers there. You'd match them up potentially against anybody in the NFL. So I think uh, that could make a lot of sense uh, from a Seattle perspective. And they're, they're willing to go get those guys, if you will. And I think I talked about this yesterday, too. I just don't know if Odell Beckham Jr. is like that guy. You know, Antonio Brown's that guy. Yeah. I'm not sure Odell Beckham Jr. is as much that guy. Yeah, so Diana uh, Russini came out and said that, you know, he hasn't narrowed down to three teams. The Seahawks were in play before, but I guess they're narrowed down now. So it is the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Saints. And I, I think, honestly, I think it's the Packers. I think it's the Packers and only the Packers. I think he threw the Saints and the Chiefs out there just maybe as a little bit of leverage, um, whether you want to leverage a little more, whether it's in your contract, your incentives, your bonuses, whatever the case may be. I just think he wants to put a little heat to the Green Bay Packers and say, hey, I mean, I could go back home, could go play with Andy Reid. How bad do you guys want me? Yeah, I think um, what you just said there, you can't lose sight of. Uh, how much of this is agent-driven? How much of this is are the teams as interested as you might report here from reports? And uh, there's a, probably a lot of information being fed to help drum up the excitement if there's not a ton of excitement. Remember, this guy uh, was not... Uh, claimed on waivers and, and you know anybody could have taken a shot at him now it came with stipulations of course so it'd be really interesting to see uh where odell beckham lands and uh, how much he can help you know i don't know how good of a player he is anymore uh or if he's just in a funk or if it just didn't fit in cleveland so he's only 29 years old though he just turned 29 the other day so he, he still has a lot of football ahead uh, potentially. All right, we're up and running now on the uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, you can check us out. We are here at the Beer Hall, B-I-E-R, that is, um, Austin. That's how you say that. Beer is a tough word for me sometimes uh, with the Rhode Island accent, not going to lie. That'll happen. Uh, it's one of the very first words I ever learned, being from Wisconsin, so I got, <laughs> I got you beat there. <laughs> but, but is there a difference between B-E-E-R and B-E-A-R? Uh, my family says that I say it funny all the time. Okay, say it. Now I'm confused. You mean bear? But yeah, you said bear. Bear or beer? You, you just spelled you it B-E-A-R. You That's what you just said. B-E-A-R. Well, I just said the difference between the two. B-E-A-R or B-E-E-R. Do you say it differently? Beer and bear? Yes. Do you, Casey? Beer. From Florida, no accent. Bear. From Indiana. Beer, bear. Pour me a beer. Pour me a bear? I can't do it. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, let's sleep on that. Let's think on that. Let's take a break uh, here at Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Here you got the Skateboarding World Championships in town. That's why we're really here. Not for the beer. Yes. <laughs> Did you see any skateboarders? <laughs> yes. That's why. Uh, not yet. Okay. Uh, but there's plenty of room to skateboard in here, actually. Nice. Yeah, it looks this like, is like it. like a concert hall. See some, is that like you a... You know what they say? It's like... Um, those moose antlers behind you? What are the moose? You know, it was like Mavericks. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, those are moose. Uh, well, those are someone antlers. Yeah, those are big antlers. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like the old... The idea was to be like the old Mavericks. Okay. 
you know, in terms of uh, small capacity, put on a show. There's a stage over here and everything else. So I like it. I don't think we're going to have a concert today, but this is where the gathering is uh, for uh, to kind of kick off the Skateboarding World Championship week. And uh, we are here. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, we are on location once again. Take up until 6 o'clock. Players Championship makes a big announcement today. We've got some skateboarding. We've got some football. We've got some golf picks. we got a little bit of everything uh, coming up today on ESPN 690. Hey, hey. Yeah, they're kind of on fire the last, uh, I, I don't know what the exact stat is, but the last four or five games they've been hard to defend. He's a, uh, Carson Wentz is a guy that when I was first hired, um, I remember sitting with Shad and Trent, and we just were talking about quarterbacks. He's a guy, just because of my relationship with Doug Peterson, I just watched him play, and uh, he spreads the field. He's athletic, he's tough, and obviously a very good thrower. Uh, yeah, they're, they're doing very well. You know, the guy that starts, it's not just their, not just Taylor, but the second running back's excellent, too. And then uh, Pittman, the big receiver. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of good things right now. Jaguars coach, Urban Meyer. Can we see a repeat performance from this Jaguars defense like we saw against Buffalo? Now, that's a lot to ask. Holding the top offense in the NFL to essentially six points. Um, that's a tough task for anybody to ask. But at the same time, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, condolences because you drove all this way twice and you didn't see a touchdown. They have yet to see a touchdown, Casey, really in the past, I don't, I don't know what, five, six years here, seven years in Jacksonville. So stop coming back. You hate to see it. Yeah, just, just keep your tables in Buffalo, huh? Yeah. Keep your tables in Buffalo. But the Indianapolis Colts, they're, they're going to present more of a problem, I feel like, than even maybe the, the Buffalo Bills, even though the numbers may be a little deceiving. Because when you talk about the Indianapolis Colts, number one, they have a head coach in Frank Reich, who's an offensive kind of minded guy, um, who loves to use trickery, uh, motion, um, sometimes trick plays if you can if you can stand it. But then they also rely on an old school ground game just between the tackles with Jonathan Taylor. So it's a nice combination of both things. And alluding to Urban Meyer, what he had to say, then you have a guy like Naeem Hines, who is kind of like the Swiss Army knife, if you will, who can run between the tackles, but is also a very gifted receiver, whether it's out of the backfield or in the slot or line up on the outside in the one receiver position. So you have a lot of things that you have to be mindful of. I think the game plan in Buffalo, it was great because you knew that you had to stop Josh Allen. You weren't worried about Devin Singletary. You weren't worried about Zach Moss. It was stopping Josh Allen. It was putting Shaq Griffin on Stephon Diggs. You know, it, it was stopping the slot receiver of Cole Beasley, and it was stopping their tight ends. And, you know, we had uh, Adwan Smoot on yesterday, and, and he kind of, you know, peeled the curtain back a little bit and kind of explained the game plan of how, you know, Josh Allen loved to step up in, uh, in the B-gap in that pocket. And the Jaguars took that away. I think the same could be said for Carson Wentz, where if you get him stepping up in certain directions, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to give you the football. He's going to, you know, maybe give you some turnovers. You know what happens with turnovers? Much like bananas, they come in bunches. So I've heard. They come in bunches, Casey. So, yeah. And I think Carson Wentz could give you some opportunities there. But you have to get to those points. And by getting to those points is what you have to do. What you've done the entire year is what makes you one of the you know, the, the better defenses in terms of stopping the run of the entire NFL. And you have to shut down Jonathan Taylor. 
And you have an offensive line now for the Indianapolis Colts that's getting healthier. Um, they're starting to get their bearings. And you have a running back in Jonathan Taylor who, you know, next to Derrick Henry and maybe Alvin Kamara is playing at a, a very elite level right now, not only in the run game, but also starting to come along in the pass game as well. So to me, this game for the Jaguars defense, it's going to be more based on communication. It's going to be more based on of, all right, is Naeem Hines in? Where is he lined up at? We have to account for him. But it's also going to be based on physicality because this team still wants to run the ball. This team wants to give Jonathan Taylor the rock. And this team, I feel like, doesn't necessarily want to put the, the ball in Carson Wentz's hands to win the game. As far as receivers are concerned, one would assume that, you know, you're going to put Shaq Griffin on Michael Pittman. We'll see with T.Y. Hilton. I get right now that he's on the back nine of his career, but when he's in, definitely a guy you got to be mindful of. And then guys like Paris Campbell, I think they have Pascal as well. You know, speedy slot guys, gadget guys that do have speed that can give you those crossing patterns, which have given the Jaguars fits before. But if the Jaguars can kind of replicate what we saw against Buffalo, that zone coverage, keeping those speedy guys in front of you, well, I think you have a chance to at least compete with this Indianapolis Colts offense. Don't forget about Mo Ali Cox. And Mo Ali Cox as well, <laughs> former basketball player, now turned tight end. Yeah, who hasn't been a basketball player that turned into a tight end? Uh, just about everybody. Carson Wentz, does he scare you, though? I mean, after watching what the Jags did to Josh Allen, Carson Wentz is a guy that will make mistakes, uh, you know, with probably less pressure. Uh, we've seen it already. And so he's not like... He's been good, Austin, but he hasn't been great. And I think the numbers have been probably better than the way he's played is, is kind of what I'm gathering uh, from reading stuff out of Indianapolis. Mm. I don't think they're like, holy cow, this guy is back. You know, it's not still the Carson Wentz that um, probably was an MVP candidate in Philadelphia. You know, I just don't know if he, he, he is feeling it like that. But he'll make some mistakes. He's, he's not as mobile, I don't think, as he used to be, although it looks like he's getting some of that back, too. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, I don't think the Colts are putting this game in Carson Wentz's hands. I think they're they're going to go with the run-first philosophy or just the safe philosophy of, of, you know, dumping the ball off, whether it's Naeem Hines or Jonathan Taylor, um, and kind of take the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands a little bit. Now, if we've seen this Jaguars defense like in the past where they can shut the run down, then all of a sudden that puts more pressure on Carson Wentz, and then it's time to see what that guy has. But we've seen Carson Wentz under pressure. We've seen if, you, if you're able to manufacture pressure or rush or get home with four, um, he does not like that. And in terms of whether it's the ankle injuries that he's had, he's not 100% in terms of mobility. So, yeah, mistakes can happen and turnovers can happen in bunches. All right. Uh, I have had, um, uh, I had twins. Well, I didn't. My wife did. We did. Uh, you have a, a little guy. I do. Uh, Casey is yet to venture into this uh, world of parenthood, I believe. It's not a race, Carson Casey. Yeah, it certainly is not. Uh, enjoy your time. Case, yep. uh, mm -hmm. Carson Wentz uh, apparently like has told his wife that if she goes into labor and <laughs> delivers Sunday, that uh, he's still playing. Yeah. Um, what would you do, Austin Lane? Uh, it's a tough one. Um, this is this isn't his first kid though, right? Or is this his I don't first kid? Think so. I don't yeah. think it I don't is. think so. Yeah. Um, man, if I was the quarterback of the Annapolis Colts, I would probably play as well. So if you're the defensive end, you wouldn't? No, I mean I'd, I'd probably play regardless. Like you know you, <laughs> you Well, I mean I, I would try. You know I, I would I would hash it over with my wife and I'd ask her what she thinks about it. But if she's cool with it and everything, I'd probably play. Casey, uh, you haven't ventured into this yet. 
I haven't, no. Colts low-key wishing, by the way, he would go so they can save those snap counts against that first-round pick. <laughs> like I, that. I think they're in danger with the snap counts. Like I that. think they're in trouble. He's played, like, every snap, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> he's, he's, he's pretty high percentage. I think he's, like, 98 or 99%. Yeah, but, well, uh, there's still a chance. Uh, what, what is the number on that, by the way, for the Eagles pick? Is it like 80-something, 80 85? Yeah, I believe it's 85, and he's going to yeah. hit that. When they sent him out there to knee against the Jets, I was like, you could have saved a snap there, Frank Reich, but <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to answer this because um, haven't really, you know, been faced with anything even similar um, in style. I guess I would have to do whatever uh, Amanda would say I have to do, so that'll be my answer because I know she's listening. Yeah. Nice. Um, I mean, it's – I don't know, though, if – if Carson Wentz's wife, if he asked her his wife, I think she'd probably say, yeah, I want you here for the birth of the kid. Yeah, maybe. Or else she would say, you know, d- go do what you have to do. I mean. she said, go collect that game check. Yeah, I was going to say, football well, probably provides true. you a pretty nice and enticing life being a starting quarterback. So I think she understands that as well. I'll tell you this. As, I mean, that was an awesome day, like a great day. Like I wouldn't want to miss In hindsight, I wouldn't want to miss it. Yeah. Like it was that good of a day. Like, yeah. it was cool. So, um, now you could you could do, like, Smoot and just work it around the game schedule and... <laughs> no, for sure. And hopefully option. that's what happens with Carson, yeah. <laughs> I think it actually is a very... Listen, some folks, uh, military or, or other jobs, they just can't help and, and be there, right? Yeah. Um, and they would wish they could. But some people get the decision to make off their, their job. Did you see, actually, a case, remember, I don't know who it was in the World Series, like he took paternity leave, like in game six. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't remember, remember who I forget was. his name. Who was, I don't know. But, like, I don't know if I'm doing that in the World Series. <laughs> like, I mean, on a hey. Sunday in November, maybe, but in the World Series? So, hey, I mean, I, I, either way, I'm not going to fault anybody for it. Family comes first, more power to you, man. Yeah, that's true. Fall in line. All right, we'll be back. Uh, we are on the road. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, some golf picks, players' championship tickets are out there, too. A little different this year. Uh, we'll talk about it when we come back on ESPN 690. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in-store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 